welcome back to the Go For Two pod. I'm Liam, your host, and welcome to our defensive draft preview. Um, as always, joining me is Patrick, who loves defence more than anyone I know, so this should be your favourite podcast. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, not as excited as I am for the offence, but that's just the uh, Andy Reid in me, whereas you've got that <laughs> uh, you've got that Eagles defensive rebuild on your mind, so you're excited for this one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, plan today, we're going to talk about defensive prospects. So edge, um, interior defensive line, linebacker, corner and safety. Uh, the next week we'll have our first mock, which I think um, maybe I liked when we picked our um, kind of preseason playoff teams. But aside from that, I think uh, the mock draft episodes made it pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Odds or evens is the big question. I know, I'll have to work out which one. Well, the Eagles, they got one odd, one even. Yeah, same as the Chiefs, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah, true. So we'll be alternating there, which is uh, interesting. We'll do one with trades, probably one without, uh, and I'm going to get a guest on as well to, to do a, to a guest mock draft with us. But um, yeah, before we move on to defensive prospects, bit of news. Um, let's start with the, I guess, horrible news first. Uh, I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday, but it came out that um, unfortunately Dwayne Haskins lost his life this weekend. He was in there, got hit by, a, I think it's actually a truck rather than a car. I know it said it was a car originally, but I think it was a truck on the freeway. I think he was in Miami training as well. Um, we saw Schefter, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Schefter kind of bury himself again in terms of just another stupid tweet where he was talking about his lack of NFL success rather than just talking about the, the human. Um, but I think apart from that, the rest of the NFL did kind of come together, talk about what a great person he was. You said all the other people from Ohio State that were talking about him, uh, Terry McLaurin, CJ Stroud. Um, you had Washington beat reporters say that they're one, he's one of the nicest players they've ever worked with, even though maybe if he was a bit immature, that he was a great guy. So... I think it's just a terrible day for the NFL and obviously a terrible day for, for his family. And, and nice to see the NFL actually rally around something that isn't just on-field performance related in the end after that uh, Schefter tweet. Yeah, mate, it's just absolutely shocking news. It was definitely Saturday because I was at the Grand National and I just was just sat in a bar and I just saw it on my phone. It just floors you, doesn't it? Because it's just obviously any young person dying, but it's, yeah, it was awful. As for Adam Schefter, mate, I'm just so happy that so many famous names in football rounded up on him. That shouldn't be the story, should it, though? It should be about Dwayne Askins and looking back at his life or whatever. So, Yeah, um, incredible kind of college performance in terms of history. He came in as a freshman uh, when someone got injured. I can't remember who got injured, but someone got injured. And it was against Michigan that he came in and dropped like a 40-yard pass. Uh, just upset the uh, the Harbour brother uh, on the sideline. Then he scored a touchdown on that drive and scored three more. Um, and then that was kind of it then. Incredible college season. Um, his downfield passing numbers that year were the best in college football. Obviously, extremely high draft pick by Washington. Didn't quite work out there. But as we know in Washington, just awful in terms of uh, franchise developing. He struggled off the field a little bit, um, which I think a lot of people do in a place like that. And then everyone at Pittsburgh said that he was doing incredibly well and uh, him and Mitch Trubisky were probably going to battle it out if they don't draft a QB to start this year. Um, and then just unfortunately obviously had this accident. And yeah, everything I've heard from every single person who knows him is just what a great person he was. So not that anyone should pass away, but for someone so great like that off the field, someone with so many years ahead of him, is just devastating, isn't it? I think he was 23, so... Yeah, thoughts to his family, but um, terrible news for anyone connected to him and anyone who kind of watched the NFL really, because it was a bit of a, a bit of a shock, unfortunately, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, there's no easy way to, to to move on, but we'll try and move on to something uh, different. So another QB, we found out this probably an hour ago, maybe before before we start recording, which is rare that we get news <laughs> before recording, not immediately after. But Derek Carr has signed the new contract with the Raiders. Uh, is a three-year, $121.5 million extension. A lot of people say it's 40 a year, but really he's only owed 22 for this year. So it was kind of more like 36 30 to, to 38 a year. The last year will have a lot of money in it. They haven't released the guarantees yet, um, but the rumours are it'll be quite heavily guaranteed. So the Raiders are kind of saying... Three more years at least of, of Derek Carr, if not four. What are your thoughts on the deal? Yeah, it's been interesting to see the uh, aftermath of that, of um, different teams' uh, reactions. My personal point of view is I think the Raiders, obviously his deal was up, wasn't it? The Raiders had to do this deal, mate. With the, obviously, they brought Adams in, who was friends with Carr from Fresno or whatever. I just think that you, what you're going to do, start again 
right now or in a year's time. No, they're loaded up to try and challenge in that division. So it feels to me like it was a necessity for this to happen. Yeah, I agree. Almost more so, like you said, when you think about um, Devontae Adams' trade, I think. like I know that that shouldn't be a key kind of initiator, but as soon as I saw that trade happen, you kind of thought this deal was coming along the line somewhere. Um, yeah, a lot of Chiefs fans don't like Carr, and I could see why. Or they like playing against him, but don't rate him. And I could see why, but I would say he's had a franchise with very bad offences around him pretty much his whole career. I know he hasn't won a playoff game. I know against the Bengals this year, he probably should have won, but third down, his passing was terrible. So he does freeze a bit in big moments. But his general statistics and advanced metrics are always really, really good. 5,000-yard pass are very often very good, normally on first and second down if they let him throw it rather than run it. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably better than the average NFL fan would say. I think him and Kirk Cousins are in a similar boat with that. If you asked 100 NFL fans, I think a large percentage of them would say they're not top 15 QBs. Where I think if you ask experts, they'd say Derek Carr's probably the 11th or 12th best QB, which isn't great, but if you can build around him, then it, then you should be a good team. But we'll see. Um, he costs a lot more money now than what he did in the last couple of years. So we'll see We'll see how that, that affects the team. But yeah, it makes sense. Him and Adams have got a good connection. Him and Renfro have got a good connection. And him and Warder as well have got a good connection. So I think if they can build the O-line around him, I think they'll have another good season offensively and it's just kind of what can you do on defense to to marry up with that yeah exactly and on the contract that's just what it costs you now that's what a Derek Carr costs you isn't it so you're better for me the Raiders are much better off with Derek Carr than rolling the dice so that's just it yeah I agree I I just think they were stuck a little bit a little bit Browns-esque where the Browns kind of felt they had to do something obviously they made a different decision but I think they kind of said, well, we're going to struggle to get anything better than what we've got. We love him as a person, as a leader. The fans love him, and there's a lot of players that love him here. So I think they kind of built around that chemistry. And, yeah, I don't know what age this takes him up to. I don't know how old he is, but um, it's probably not his last contract in the NFL, is it? But it's probably his last contract of this size, you would think. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, in three years' time. Well, I mean, he's probably thinking in three years' time, I'm hoping to get three more years. So... (laughs) Sure, he'll probably think he wants that Tom Brady 45 46. <laughs> Keep the deals coming, um, yeah, but, exactly. but we'll see. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm sure Devonte Adams will be uh, very happy. We get to see what, what they're like in the NFL together. Uh, cool, let's move on to what we're here for then. So, the draft again, defensive prospects. Uh, first kind of question, I guess, is um, is this stronger than the offensive side of the ball? I know the receivers are obviously incredible this year, and we boasted the tackles are quite nice, but do you think the defensive side is a bit more kind of depth to it than an offence in the draft this year? Yeah, overall, I definitely think so. I think there's a lot of playmakers in a lot of different positions that can come in and help teams immediately. I think as well, the key thing with this is it's not all first-round picks either. I think because the offence does take such precedent, you're going to be able to get starters in maybe less valuable positions like safety and linebacker and interior defensive line. I think you're going to be able to get starters all the way through to like pick 120, which I know this isn't the best draft class, but at least think defensively, you're going to be able to get starters for a long time. So I think anyone with multiple picks in the first 120 picks are going to be laughing because if you need defenders, I think this is the draft for you really. Yeah, absolutely. I think just the depth in some of the positions is is is, is really good. I, I do think that there are some kind of bigger names but obviously everyone goes towards the offensive side of the ball in the draft especially don't they so uh, yeah yeah I think, I think receivers and quarterbacks push people down the board as well don't they on defense which is good if you need defenders in the draft but for people that talk about the draft for a living I think they just tend to lean a little bit towards receiver and QB and stuff uh, and kind of tackle play just because of how important it is. And I think defence can kind of get lost a bit in mock drafts and stuff. But come draft night, you'll probably see more defenders go in the first round than people probably think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Next question. What do you think, then, is the strongest position group across this defensive class? It's tough, mate, isn't it? Um, Obviously, it's edge or corner and both are... I mean, they're really, really strong at the top. Yeah, I couldn't tell you actually. It was the the but even though obviously Edge is going to go earlier than that, I'm not sure that Edge is going to end up having the best player from this old defensive side of the draft class. So I love Edge, love cornerback. If you push me, I would probably just choose Edge. 
I think because last year's edge class depth wise wasn't great either. I think it makes this year even better. Do you know what I mean? It makes it more important. Yeah, a team like the the Ravens and Chiefs last year that both wanted to go like edge at the end of the first, and they were kind of struggling, and they'd have to go with someone like um, Jason Owe, who obviously didn't have much production in college because the, the depth wasn't there. Whereas I think this year the depth is there. Uh, I think a shout for me actually would be safety as well. This is one of the best safety classes, especially if you look at safety corner kind of slot hybrids. I know they're not as important as edge players, but I think that safety could be right up there. And we'll, we'll go on to talk about some of those prospects later. Um, moving back to edge and corner then, uh, do you think this year they are more important just because if you look across the draft board and when we talked about our team needs a couple of weeks ago, most teams, especially good teams, funny enough, actually needed a corner and or an edge player this year. I know that the Bills kind of address one of the two, but a lot of teams need both or one of the other. Do you think that's kind of making this more important this year just because of what the team needs are around the draft? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we ran through the free agency needs, it was like a bit of a running joke, wasn't it? That <laughs> yeah. the cornerback was especially not strong. But yeah, you always, I mean, like you've seen with the deals for the edge rushers this summer, you you always need a top tier talent. And they could be, as in joining the top tier in this, there is probably, I think, three that could be top tier in three years time and the rest of them can come in you know mid-tier so we, that's strong production straight away it's yeah for me I think it's an exciting defensive side of the ball draft yeah and I think this draft class has kind of also pushed free agency a certain way you've seen there's loads of interior defensive linemen still on the board in free agency just because of how good some of these freaky prospects are there's loads of safeties like Tyron Matthew I haven't got a deal yet because people know they can pick a player up in the draft and he'll probably wait till after the draft to sign now and same with Stefan Gilmore so I do think that that's kind of showing you how good the class is but um, let's get into position by position then we'll start with what you said was probably the most important we'll go with edge first um, we have got them in an order they aren't necessarily our rankings because we I doubt we'd agree if we wrote them in order anyway um, but at least this guy is common consensus number one now after a bit of a strange year uh, Aiden Hutchinson for, for Michigan kind of well-respected as the best edge or second-best edge, depending who you listen to in the class. Um, definitely had the best season. Um, had a very good pre-draft prospect uh, process, very good testing numbers. His three-cone for his weight is one of the best ever. Um, six foot seven, 260, so good size as well. What are your thoughts about Aiden Hutchinson? Is there any way that you think he slides past one? Because I know there's been rumours that uh, another edge player could go above him. Yeah, I definitely... Uh... With it, being, with it being Jacksonville at number one, I do think that anything could still happen there <laughs> um, with Trent Balky still there. I think what I think about Hutchinson is, like, obviously I do watch like um, a lot of Big Ten, and he did look good but before kind of the 2021 season, but I never saw him. I never thought that we'd be talking about him first a year later in a defensive draft, do you know what I mean? In his senior year, it was just unbelievably good, as was Michigan's year, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, crazy, really. I, I don't. I've seen a few people say they don't think he's gonna. He's not a a Bosa or something the type that's come out yeah. recently. But do you agree with that, or do you think that? Yeah. No, and I think this guy's a complete stud. Like just just from what you've seen in the. In his senior year, the Big Ten tackles are absolutely no joke, and he was just in the backfield all the time. He went against a lot of tackles we spoke about in last week's tackle episode and did very well. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's been a bit underrated. I'm not sure he's Miles Garrett, um, but I do think he's got a chance to be kind of on that Bosa level just because Bosa's pre-draft grade was a little bit weaker just because he had the two ACLs, whereas Hutchinson has got a clean bit of health in the last 12 months so I do think that makes a difference I think maybe not quite on the the Garrett sort of Chase Young profile but maybe up there with the Bosa's and, and much higher than the, the other edge rushers we've seen in, in recent times but I think he's very good very against, good against the run uh, everyone says his attitude is incredible I do think he will go one or two I, I still bet he does go one but if Jacksonville do something a bit odd which they can do uh, if they end up dra- drafting like Matt Corral 
at one um, for a laugh, then I do think he'll go to Detroit at two and stay in Michigan. So I think for his career, he's not going to get past number two. So he's going to earn he's going to earn a lot of money. And there's like four or five Michigan defenders that are going to go in the top kind of 150 picks here. So um, definitely a good a good defense. Um, also, he's got a, his own podcast with PFF. If anyone does like Aiden Hutchinson, they are Michigan fans or they are Jags fans that want to listen to more. Um, I've only listened to one of the episodes, but uh, apparently it's going to be very good. So if you like Aiden Hutchinson, then that, that's going to be a good podcast for you. Uh, next, then, I've gone with the guy who is not being talked about as Edge 2, but was talked about as Edge 1 for about three years. <laughs> uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, out of Oregon. Um, loads of kind of waffle around him on, on the draft. Like He loves Bitcoin. He doesn't love football. Um, lack of effort when the ball goes to the other side and run plays, etc., etc. Where do you stand on this whole Kayvon Thibodeau? Because I think he's been overthought a lot in the last probably six weeks. Well, do you not think it always is, isn't it? I mean, he's been the top edge rushing for this class for, like you said, for a couple of years now, and he's a he's a great athlete. He's he's smaller than um, Hutchinson by quite a bit, the 10, 15 pounds, a couple of inches in height, but. Mate, he's just explosive. He kind of reminds me of um, Clowney when he was coming out of college. So, oh, don't don't say that. People don't like that now with Clowney's lack of effort. <laughs> yeah, I know they don't. No, but he's that that type of um, player. I'm not saying that's that type of personality, but he reminds me of that in in the way that he plays and he, he kind of shows up all the time, right? When you watch the film, he's kind of he's always doing something that takes your attention away. I got no problems in drafting Thibodeau high at all. Um I don't know. He may he might slip down to eight or something like but ridiculous and then you're gonna get a steal at that. I think he's a really good player. I think in our mocks, depending on what we do, obviously odds and evens, I think I'll be picking him higher than maybe he will go, if that makes sense. I know we do tend to pick what we think will happen because that kind of does make more sense than just doing what we do sometimes. But I still think I'm going to struggle to have him slide too far, but I could see it happen when people are talking about him. Um, he's two tenths of a second faster than Hutchinson in the 40. Uh, faster in three cone, even though he does way less, like you said. Um, he's got more of a wingspan. He's got bigger, longer arms, obviously. They're the same age, both 21. Um, Thibodeau, not as good maybe last year, but the two, the year before in college, obviously um, incredible. So, yeah, I do think they're overthinking it a little bit. Um, he's better in run defence, arguably, than Hutchinson at times. Um, but, yeah, maybe his effort isn't quite there. But Hutchinson's an absolute animal. <laughs> he's very much a JJ Watt, TJ Watt type of I love football kind of character. And maybe Thibodeau, I think, is um, more of a complex character. But I don't think that should matter. I think he got a lot of stick, didn't he, for saying that, uh, what did he say, Alabama's for, like, not smart kids that can play football, whereas Oregon's for... Um, smart kids that want to do well in their life and play football or something. He, he did some sort of snarky remark, didn't he, against Alabama that I think kind of started this whole whole, whole <laughs> yeah. process off. But yeah, I think he's very good. I'd be absolutely shocked if he gets past Seattle at nine. But I think he should probably go in the top four, to be honest. I think he's that good. Um, is he better than Hutchinson for you? Take away, obviously, what other people are saying with the off-the-field stuff that isn't really anything, to be honest. On the field, do you think he's actually better than Hutchinson, or do you think they're the same, same sort of level of player, or is Hutchinson just better for you? Uh, I think Hutchinson's best year this year is better than Thibodeau's best year, which is probably 2020. So I'll probably just side Hutchinson. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think, yeah, I think his ceiling's higher, Thibodeau. Probably the same for the next guy. Um, so we'll talk about the next guy. This is the guy that is kind of now going off boards as edge number two. Um, but some of the advanced stats are, are not in his favour. We've got Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, another freak from that kind of Georgia programme. Uh, his numbers are, are crazy. So obviously 40 yards, we, we, we said the Hutchinson was like 474. Um, Walker was 458, which is one of the best ever. And then, uh, sorry, Thibodeau is. And then Trayvon Walker comes in and does a 451. <laughs> so he beats Thibodeau. Uh, his hands are nearly 11 inches, which is the biggest in the class. Uh, and his wingspan is 84, which is five inches bigger than Kayvon Thibodeau, who's kind of a, a freak of nature. So um, Trayvon Walker had one of the best edge performances ever at the Combine. Um, didn't have a very productive season. Didn't get many kind of sacks. Was dropped into coverage a lot because of how quick he is. And obviously Georgia have loads of defensive linemen that we'll probably talk about in a little bit. So he's a very weird prospect, mate. But a lot of people have him going off the board, either number one, number two or number three now. So what are your thoughts on Trayvon Walker? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, how do you judge just on their own? We, we, we're going to talk about Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Devontae White, and Kobe Dean, all coming from kind of the same front from Georgia. It's like... They're going to have more first two-round picks than any defence ever, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's all warranted, isn't it? But, oh, mate, I don't know about picking... I mean, his ceiling, you know, we always talk about floor and talk about ceiling, but maybe his ceiling is high because he's an absolute freak, like, just athletically. But he, he, his lack of pressures has kind of worried me. College level, when you like look into the stats, but I... Uh, when I saw that Jags Trayvon Walker number one, I thought that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that Trent Balky is going to try and be more clever than he is. Do you know what I mean? I think it makes perfect sense as well. I I'm not saying they'll definitely pick him, but I think the rumor they are considering him a lot is true. I don't think it's a smokescreen because I didn't see a point doing a smokescreen for number one unless you're doing it for a quarterback because you want someone to trade for you. If they're just saying, oh, we, which edge we're going to take, they're not asking them to trade up. They're just talking about which edge they like. And there's a lot of well-respected people now saying that they may go with Trevon Walker because of his upside. Um, and if you look at the production, like you said, it's not just pressures. It's like sacks. It's tackles for loss as well. Like He, like he gets in the backfield a lot. But he hasn't got a huge amount of tackles for loss compared to some of these edge rushers as well. Um, so, yeah, it'd be a massive projection for me, but I could see Jacksonville doing it. I really could. I could see Houston doing it as well, which I think makes sense with their kind of long-term rebuild as well. Yeah, Houston could make a little bit more sense. I mean, Houston, for me, are really, really intriguing at three as to what they're going to do. But, yeah, we'll see with Trayvon Walker. I'm imagining he's going to go top 10, but yeah. he's the is the player with kind of like the biggest radius of where he can go in the draft, for me, it seems. If he comes out of 10, I would just think someone like the Ravens are going to be doing all they can, even if it's just trading up to 11, just to get him. Do you know what I mean? I think that he could be that important to them, and uh, we'll see what the Jets do at 10. But, yeah, I'll be shocked if he falls outside of anywhere from 14, but I do expect him to go in that, that top 10, like you said. He's the sort of player that if the Jacksonville do it, well, I'll come on the podcast and say, what a terrible mistake in terms of production for a team like Jacksonville. But if the Chiefs trade up to like number 11 and draft him, I'll be coming on the podcast saying this is the best day ever. Patrick, send me a t-shirt and a hoodie. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. He's a very um, polarizing prospect. Uh, next edge rusher then. Arguably my, not the best, but one of my favorite edge rushers to watch on tape is Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Um, people like PFF aren't as high on him, but ESPN analysts have got him in the top five or six at times. Uh, he's a little bit older than the other prospects, so he's 23. Um, he's a big guy as well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, incredible senior bowl. He played so well in the senior bowl that he just didn't turn up for the game. <laughs> like Practice went so well that he just decided to stay out and just uh, and to not actually play. But yeah, had an incredible season for Florida State. A little bit more productive than Trayvon Walker. His pressure rate is pretty good. It's actually better than Thibodeau last year. Not obviously the last season he played, but not throughout his whole college career, but in the last season. Um, but I've seen him go at like pick six, and I've seen him or seven, and I've seen him go at pick twenty-one. So he is a little bit up and down. Where do you sit on Jermaine Johnson, mate? This is like a crazy rise, isn't it? Obviously, you do get like tackles usually at the senior bowl, really rising up the draft ranks. But mate, this—it's been crazy. He was kind of going in like the forties at the end of January. And now, like you just said, he's going sometimes sixth. Seems a little bit... Uh, I think there's better players that you can get with a bit more guaranteed production at six. But I do like him as a whole. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting that you've got, like, um, PFF don't like him as much. I think they rank him 26th overall. Yeah, so, you've got, like, D Dane Brugler has him, like, edge four, ranked 15 in the whole class. It's quite a big... I know... 15, 26 or whatever doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot with how many good players there are in the first round this year. That's a lot because if you're trading from 26 to 15, you're giving up a good pick. So it is a, it is a kind of a big, big radius to span there. So, yeah, he's a very interesting prospect. Like you said, he's going to be like you know, 23 and a half when he steps onto the field. But yeah, interesting. His numbers are very similar to Thibodeau as well in terms of athletic testing. They had like the same 40 time. They've got the same hand size. Uh, wingspan favours Johnson. 
and obviously uh, he's a little bit older as well. So their testing, three cone is a little bit better for Thibodeau, but um, 40 and stuff is, is, is similar. The um, broad jump is similar. So he's got very similar testing numbers, but it's not quite the same production. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his, and I, I, I think he's going to go top 20 for me. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. But I also think someone, and probably bias as well, unfortunately, my, my team could pay a lot of money to trade up for him kind of believe the hype a little bit too much but uh his tape's very fun to watch if people are uh, are into it but yeah maybe i i think that is the the clear top four i know some people think the top three is separate themselves but i think maybe it's a, a top four of the class for me um but it sounds like maybe you think the top two separate themselves and then walker and johnson are kind of their own tier a little bit yeah i, th- I think that may be how it ends up being yeah yeah, yeah that's fair uh, next edge rusher then another polarizing prospect here we've got George Karloftis um, hasn't played football for that long I think he's Greek isn't he um, yeah and he uh, I think he hardly missed a snap last year 21 year year old edge rusher from Purdue um, not quite as big as the other guys he's kind of more on the Thibodeau kind of size in terms of height and weight um, but again tested like a freak and he's a bit different to the other guys his testing's not as good as theirs however his on-field production is great he had the second best pressure rate behind Hutch um, for this year uh, his sack rate was really really good tackle for loss rate really really good his run defense grade from PFF and from Dane Brugler was really good but for some reason because he's not quite as freaky not quite as speed can't bend the edge as much people don't seem to like him but I think that he is going to be a nice little steal for someone if you read mock drafts because he is falling I think a lot further than he, than he probably should yeah, I think in nearly every kind of mock draft I've been having, this is a guy, especially on the Eagles, had three picks in the first round. No, they only have two now. He was a popular pick to the Eagles. So he has slipped a little, hasn't he, down the draft boards. But he was just so productive, and he's always, always on the field. Yeah, and he's so young as well. He's the youngest out of these guys we spoke about. Even though it's only six months, it's still a very young age. Yeah, exactly. And he's 6'2". I mean, he is... Well, 6'2", he is quite a bit shorter than the rest, but he still weighs 266 pounds, and it's not a, a bad 266 pounds. He's pretty ripped, isn't he? So it's Yeah, he's very good on run defence, but that can often be a criticism by some people because he's not as fast, so he's not bending the edge as much, so he's good in run D. So he's not quite as athletic as the other guys, but for me, uh, that size kind of strength profile, I think he's a good player. Where, where, where do you see him going in the draft kind of range-wise? Like, what would be the earliest you see him get picked and, like, what's the latest you'd see him kind of fall? The earliest, I mean, it would depend on how the rest of the thing's going, but I could see him going from, like, 15th down all the way to the kind of where the Chiefs are. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of polarising, isn't it? I would expect him to get picked in the late teens or early 20s. Yeah. It sounds like you might actually prefer him to Jermaine Johnson, then. Would that be fair to say? A little, yeah. I just love his um, on-field production, to be honest with you. Yeah, and his his age and yeah, that age profile is unique. To have that much production at that age when you got Jermaine Johnson, who's two years older, with less production. Um, obviously, they play different opponents, but they both had a relatively hard schedule compared to some other players in the draft that we'll talk about. So I think, yeah, I think he's good. But for some reason, people just don't like him because he's not quite as freaky as uh, as the other guys but i'll be happy i think the ravens at 14 is where his floor starts and like you said yeah maybe we're seeing it starts then maybe the floor is the chiefs if they pick up 30 because they need an edge rusher that's probably probably the range um next guy then another michigan edge rusher david ojabo uh, originally from nigeria then moved to scotland and then moved across to america a lot of british nfl fans love ojabo <laughs> just because of his story but unfortunately um in the kind of pre-draft process tore his achilles if you tear your Achilles, I know Cam Akers is obviously a special subject, but you're probably going to miss most of next season. I would say if you see him before December, you're extremely lucky, but um, he could miss the whole year. He's young as well, very much a raw prospect, very, very athletic. His numbers were due to be very good if he could have completed the, the, the full process, but obviously got that injury. Uh, where'd you sit with Ajabo? Because I know if you look at NFL UK Twitter, there's a little bit of bias there, just with his Scotland kind of background. Yeah, there is. But now, because of his injury, someone is going to get an absolute bargain, aren't they? Because he's most likely going to fall out of the first now, isn't he? Yeah. What do you think? A bad team should get him early in the second just because they're not in a rush? Is that what you'd think? Absolutely. I mean, if he makes it out of the first round and, <clears throat> and you're sitting there as kind of like 
we're presuming Jacksonville's already going to take an age rush, but then you're kind of looking at the Jets thinking, what are they going to do at four? Could they go the best corner in the draft and then a wide receiver at 10 and then get a job out at like 35, 38? You're like, that'd be good, wouldn't it? That's a great, yeah, that is a great. So it's unfortunate for him. I mean, it was a, it's a terrible video as well, isn't it? If anyone's not seen it, where they were all just kind of standing around the clipboards, but. Yeah, it is bad. It is bad. Someone comes out, I think, if I remember right. I haven't seen it since it happened. But then they just pick the ball up and he's like rolling around on the ground. They just walk off. And I'm just yeah, like, it's absolutely Jesus. But yeah, pros for him, for anyone who doesn't know, is incredibly hardworking guy, fast learner, because he hasn't played football that long as an edge rusher especially. Um, very, very athletic, good size, weight, speed. Uh, negatives are he hasn't got many pass rush moves. He's very inexperienced, isn't he? But um, given the physical tools, he should probably be a very good player the next level. I wouldn't be upset if my team took him in the first round. You know, you get that fifth-year option, so you just kind of... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, yeah, it's someone... I think someone somewhere is going to get... Because he was probably going to go, what do you think, early, late teens, early 20s before, so... Yeah, I reckon... Yeah, I reckon somewhere, but again, that, that Carl Loftus range of... 14 to, to mid 20s probably I think that's where he was going to go so yeah I think late late 20s maybe 40 has his absolute floor like Seattle at 40 with two picks back to back 40-41 I could see that happening but yeah very good player just a shame that the kind of process fell as it did and he got that injury um, next player then another person who's risen up draft boards um, quite a lot I don't know how much you watched him in college but um, Boya Mafe from Minnesota again similar to Johnson um, 23 years old, uh, six foot four, 261 pounds, a big, strong guy. Physical tools were just incredible. Um, wasn't very good the year before last, but last year was really, really good. Senior bowl, similar to Jermaine Johnson. He did the whole thing, was basically ranked the best edge rusher of the class in the senior bowl. Um, his on-field testing against the tackles there was incredible. Um, he's since obviously done the combine and stuff, and his numbers are pretty good. He got five, four, five, three, forty, which is amazing. His three cone numbers really, really good. His wingspan is absolutely huge. So he's an athletic freak again, who's kind of not as productive, but very athletic and also kind of played at a, at a worse level as well. Some of these other guys, uh, I think Boyamafe is a top forty pick. I wouldn't be surprised if he went in the late first round for the fifth year. Uh, where do you see Mafe fitting into this class? I mean, for a start, the Big Ten was absolutely ridiculous this year. I mean, you're talking, oh, we've already had a couple of Michigan, Purdue, and Minnesota. It was like a get absolute murderer's row this year. <laughs> yeah, like you said, he was, he had a down, obviously he was coming out as a senior, so he has had a down year. But he, I mean, he's risen so much, it was like nearly pick 100, like two months ago it's absolutely mental isn't it yeah incredible i think when i looked at mark at the start of the season he was like out of the third round it wasn't even in the third round i think he was late third maybe early fourth whereas now i think my team the chiefs that's a common pick for the chiefs and if he gets out if if he gets out the first round it's a very common pick for the jets i think they pick at 36 maybe um so yeah i think he's gonna go well um, what are your thoughts of him as a player? Is it kind of just another athletic freak that had a really, really good season and you hope that he can carry on growing? Because I know the season before this, he was kind of not seen as much of uh, much, of much to be honest. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? He's just another kind of like physical specimen. But I mean, when you're testing that well, kind of at the senior bowl, it does. I mean, there's no mugs there because we know about the, the, the tackles that have coming from the senior bowl this year are pretty good. So... Yeah, mate, there's some depth at edge this year. I mean, once you're going out of kind of the first round with all the offensive players, the early part of the second round is, I think you're going to see some teams kind of jumping around. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Cool, we've got four kind of players in this next tier, so pick whichever one you want to talk about the most. So we've got Nick Benito, uh, Andre Bichetti, Drake Jackson, and then also a bit of another late riser, is uh, Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. Uh, which of those four guys kind of impress you the much and maybe you think could go higher in the draft than, than people think? Well, I mean, another ridiculous one. You've got a guy from Penn State, another Big Ten team. But um, Nick Bonito <laughs> is like a weird one because he's not good against the run at all, but it's kind of like you kind of wind him up, you pop him on the field and it goes after the quarterback. So that is literally kind of all he's done so yeah. far when I've seen him. 
that is, but he's he, he grades so well, doesn't he, for PFF just a pass rushing? I mean, I think he he doesn't play a lot on first down either because of the run. But on third down, in passing situations, they just let him go and he just kills tackles at that level. Yeah, but he is just kind of that good at doing that that he's going to be picked in a good range in the second round. Uh, yeah, interesting prospect there. He feels like um, kind of a luxury pick that you can have. You know, you have someone later in the season for in the playoffs that you rush in the past that you always need and you're like on your rotation. So, yeah, interesting prospect. I'd imagine he's going to go maybe early to mid-second as well. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a top 50 pick. Definitely. Um, the guy who intrigues me most out of those four is probably Arnold Ebiketti. Um He's from Penn State, 23, 6 foot 2, 250, so not quite as long and tall as the other guys, but still very strong. His testing numbers, though, were just absolutely nuts. Um, for his size, he ran like a 4, 6, 5, 40, which is really, really good. Uh, he's got massive, massive wingspan, nearly like 82-inch wingspan, which is pretty good. And his pass, ru- um, pass rush win rate and pressure percentage is actually the second best out of the whole class. Um, if you look at both metrics and then you make a table of everyone and average it out, he is the second best. But unfortunately, again, not very good against the rush. Um, kind of does get kind of wiped away when he's trying to stack and shed blocks. But um, yeah, very, very good player. And I think he would intrigue me as well. And again, he's a Boyamafe type for me that could go earlier than, uh, than maybe people think. Um, but I just don't think people are watching Penn State's defense as much. But I think he's very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I would not be uh, emotion- upset if the Chiefs took him. If he lasted like pick 50, I would uh, be very happy. Uh, right, let's move into the interior defensive line now. Um, two Georgia guys at the top of the list. So I guess first question for you is which one's better and who do you want to talk about first? Oh, well, which one's better is kind of a a tough one, really. I think, oh, mate, I'll... I... We'll talk about Devontae Wyatt first, but I absolutely love Jordan Davis. <laughs> I knew you would. He's a <laughs> future future eagle, Jordan Davis, you mean? Oh mate, please. That would nothing would please me as much as that. <laughs> yeah, Devontae Wyatt, um he's twenty four, uh, so a little bit older than a lot of the prospects we'll talk about here. Six foot three, three hundred and four pounds. He's very, very explosive. His get-off is very good. Not saying he's Chris Jones, but he rushes the passer like Chris Jones from the interior, just in terms of winning with speed and power very, very quickly. Uh, he was incredibly dominant at Senior Bowl, another guy that got a very, very high grade. Um, he played more snaps than Jordan Davis did in college for the Georgia defense, just because he's a bit better at pass rushing um, and maybe not quite as good at run D, but still very, very good at that. Um, so for me, he's kind of an all-around nose tackle, probably played the three technique. And uh, yeah, I think he's very, very good. I wouldn't be shocked if he did come off the board before Davis, just because I think he's a bit more of a sure thing. His ceiling's maybe not as high, but I think his floor is probably a lot higher than Jordan Davis's. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, and Jordan Davis, then tell everyone why you love Jordan Davis for anyone who doesn't know who he is. Mate, you put him in defensive tackle, and you are not moving him when the other team is running the football, and that is just it. He just cannot be moved in the middle of that defensive line. He's never, ever going to kind of rush the passer for you and you might have to bring him off the field in that kind of situation. But, mate, football is still based around a lot around the running game. So you put him in there, he is just going to take up two men immediately. I, I absolutely love him and I just really hope that the Eagles pick him up. Don't you think that if he lost some weight, a little bit of weight, um, with that speed profile he's got, and if he could learn learn to pass rush, don't you think that he could stay on the field in those downs that at the moment he's getting taken off? Like I think maybe because George was so good and had so many players, maybe he got took off than maybe more than he would if he comes to the NFL and loses a bit of weight. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you that it just kind of makes it a little bit more versatile. Like I said, it's so hard when Georgia were literally so deep on defence, just across the line and at linebacker, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which is the prospect that prospers the most, really, out of that team. Yeah, he ran a 4.7840 at 341 pounds, which me and you couldn't run a 4.7840 ever, I don't think, still. And, uh, he's doing absolutely it. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I found it funny. Devonta Wyatt actually beat him in the 40 and 3 cone. He was quicker. I know he weighs 35 pounds less, but um, I was surprised how good his numbers were. But yeah, they're two very good players. Uh, I would struggle to see either of them getting past, I don't know, what do you think, the Patriots at 21? 
you think they, they both go before then, or do you think there's a chance just because the position's a little bit less valued that one of them could sneak into the mid-20s? I, I do believe one of them will be gone before with, with the Patriots pick. So, yeah, you may get one coming after. It's just the value, isn't it? And just kind of how edge and corner is going to be mixed in with a bit of the offence. So, yeah, it just eventually pushes these players down, doesn't it? If the Bills could end up with um, Von Miller and Jordan Davis, that defensive line looks a lot stronger than it did last year, doesn't it? Christ, yeah, that it, that does. <laughs> that looks good. Um, next player then, probably not a first-round pick, but for me, definitely the best in the, the, the next tier. I actually probably think he's in the same tier. I think he's probably shown he can pass rush better than Jordan Davis, um, but he's just not as physical. So Travis Jones out of Connecticut, 22 years old. His testing numbers were really, really, really good. He's 225 pounds. So he's a big guy as well, but um, he kind of eats gaps. So he's like a two-gap defender. But um, yeah, he racked up 25 pressures last season. Um, and also, again, really tested very well at the Senior Bowl. So his competition level, not as high as the other guys, but his testing numbers are really, really good. And I think he'll probably go mid-second. So you could maybe get someone that, could easily be as good as Devontae Wyatt in a year and pick him around later. Um, so I'm quite hard on Travis Jones. What do you think? Yeah, well, you say obviously the um, in the ACC wasn't as high, but he still played his best game of the season against Clemson, which is the best team he will have ever played Clemson. against in his yeah. career. So, yeah, he's going to be someone that he has flown up, hasn't he? From Because obviously he was, pretty, he was kind of like a mid-round pick kind of coming last season then he fell and then obviously the senior bowl happened and it's like wow this guy is actually really good so yeah it's it's interesting that with the value in the position again it's kind of like when you're pushing it down into mid-second it's just i just feel like the the value is just there crazy think he could get all the way to the third or you think someone would take that chance in the second no no surely surely someone are gonna pick him up in the second round Depends how many fifth rounders, sixth rounders get picked in the first two rounds because there's always at least two guys <laughs> go that. The yeah, average, it's the average, true. The average grade is like an F when people talk about the the draft. But yeah, I agree. I think you should go late second uh, worst. Um, next guy then, probably more of a third round pick. The next two, two more to talk about. So Logan Hall from Houston has played edge as well, has played DT, played nose tackle. He's kind of played all across the line. Um, apparently they're asking him to test as a defensive tackle that's why we put him in this list uh, he's pretty young just turned 22 soon uh, only weighs 283 pounds so um, he's a much lighter kind of interior rusher but can rush from inside out um, very good run defender at the size uh, and again just a bit more of a project a bit more of an athletic freak that I think someone could take a chance on if they've got a scheme that allows them to move their sack tackle around a bit more yeah um, because he, really that that's a it's an edge's body, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's an edge's body who's got the strength, of, not as a good DT, but enough strength to, to defend the run, which is quite unique. And I think Perrion Winfrey, the next guy I'm going to talk about, they're almost the same. They weigh very similarly, and they're both very good against the run for their size. And I think maybe that's what certain NFL teams will value. Yeah, absolutely. We can kind of move a piece around there. Yeah, very a couple of really interesting prospects that you wonder if kind of like, the future of that position of these kind of these type of guys like the beginning of the future sort of thing with a little bit lighter pieces that you can move around did you see much of Winfrey at Oklahoma I know he wasn't apparently wasn't as good this season he was better last season but I think that's probably the whole Oklahoma team to be honest <laughs> yeah I mean when because without when you're not studying the tape and you're just watching Oklahoma it could be me at defensive line because it's going to be 65-63 isn't it and it's hard to judge just off watching yeah. the games but yeah he's an interesting guy I mean again he comes under 300 pounds doesn't he but it's I don't know mate about where he's going to kind of go in the, I could see someone like that being picked early in the third and you can kind of get a nice piece there that you can move around your defence. Yeah, and the nearly one on the list was um, Mathis from Alabama. I just want to mention him because he's incredible at stopping the run, but he's going to be like nearly 25 when the season starts, so uh, he's a bit more of an older prospect, so probably a, a fourth-round fourth pick. Uh, next, let's move to linebacker then, a position that, as an Eagles fan, uh, I know you're going to be very excited to talk about. Uh, there's two linebackers at the top of most linebacker boards I've seen. Which player do you have as the, the better prospect that you want to talk about first? Mate, if the Eagles 
he's going to be there on the board. I'll be shocked if he's not there. If the Eagles don't pick Devon Lloyd, <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely fuming. I, I, I used to prefer um, Nakobe Dean slightly over Lloyd, but after watching him more, he just covers so much of the field, and that's just yeah. what the Eagles have needed for years, and I'll be absolutely furious. If he gets picked earlier, I can withstand that, but if he doesn't get picked at 15, then I'm going to be absolutely furious. just covers the field so well. Yeah, it's tough for a linebacker to go that early in the modern-day NFL, but I have seen certain people close to teams say that the Giants really like him at seven, but... Wow. Um, yeah, but I just can't see them doing it with who their GM is now. I think David Gettleman might have done it, but he probably would have gone to Kobe Dean. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm not sure if he'll be there. I can't see the Eagles doing it, though. They don't value those sort of positions normally. But, no, uh, that's be, the issue, yeah. I'll be, I'll be praying they do it just for you. But he's 23 and a half. Um, he is, like I said, all over. They blitz him. He can play run defense. He's pretty good in coverage. Good covers tight ends at a high level. Um, very athletic, a lot quicker than the next guy. Uh, which is Nicobe Dean. They're the two linebackers that are probably the only ones that have got a chance at round one. Nicobe Dean's a little bit younger, to be honest. Two years younger at 21, but he is a lot smaller, which is an issue. He's 5 foot 11, which is kind of the main drawback for him. And he's not as quick and as explosive as Devin Lloyd. He's much more of a thumper that can defend the run. Um, and he's very good against the run, especially on that size, but he just lacks quickness. And I think some people will struggle to draft a linebacker at that height. But I could still see him going in the top 40 picks, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick up Nakobe Dean at pick 40, I think you've done pretty well, to be honest with you. Just his reaction times are just amazing, just reacting to what is around him. I, I love both of those guys. I think this is a it's a position that I still really like as well. I don't know if it's because I've been watching football like a long time. It's <laughs> still just a position that I find valuable. But, yeah, mate, this it, mate, if he falls to pick 40, he's got to have had some bong story like uh, <laughs> Tunsil that time. He's a, just a really good football player. Yeah, I've done a couple of second round, two round mocks and I don't know if that's just because of my value of linebacker, but he does often get to about 40 sort of range with how many receivers are going to go. Uh, I saw an article yesterday with 12 receivers go in the first 56 picks. So Jesus. That, yeah, that might push someone down, but yeah, good player, good prospect, young as well, so can learn, but just not quite as good in coverage. Uh, next linebacker then, Leo Chanel. Um, absolutely killed the bench press record for, for linebackers. Incredibly strong. Um, this is something I didn't know. His, his run defense was great, um, but his pass rush rate from the linebacker position was only slightly behind Mike Parsons as well. And his run grade was similar as well. But his edge rushing from a linebacker rather than a true edge rusher wasn't too far behind Mike Parsons when he was coming out of college, so it's quite interesting. Um, big, strong, physical guy, can chase down people, not as good in coverage as you'd want, but kind of more of a traditional linebacker, um, just a bit more athletic than the old school ones. He's only 21, so I think Leo Chanel, for me, I'd be shocked to see him fall outside the second round. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, there. I mean, I didn't know that either, what you said about that um, grade just behind Parsons. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's a very physical guy and um, probably sums up, I guess, how la they, they want linebackers to trend now, isn't it? A lot more physical. I know he's not. Thing is, he's not known for being quick because you've got people like Devin Lloyd, but compared to old school linebackers, <laughs> he's going to be a lot quicker. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's where the position's trending a little bit now. Yeah, absolutely. He's, like I said, it's the, the value of the positions now and the more wide receivers that get taken uh, from well, our fifth round grades in the second round the more likely you are to be a bad team to pick this guy up at the beginning of the third round. Yeah, definitely. Uh, where did the Eagles pick in round two? Would you be mad if they ended up with Leo Chanel as their second-round linebacker? Or have you not got a second-round pick? Uh, yeah, they pick at 51, so it's... Leo Chanel at 51, you'd be right with that? Uh, it depends how the first round goes. Depends what we've picked. Depends what the fifth round pick we've picked at pick eighteen. You want that? You want that Devin Lloyd pick too bad? I can see it. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> um, last linebacker then on the list from Wyoming, Chad Muma, uh, twenty-two, six foot three, two hundred thirty-nine pounds. But he is incredibly athletic. His run testing numbers were great. All of his jumps were incredible. Ninety-five percentile athlete, basically in the position. Um, not as productive in coverage. Um, last season, uh, sorry, the season before last, but this season he was incredible. So he had 68 defensive stops, 
three interceptions, 21 pressures coming from as a true linebacker, not as an edge rusher. Um, I know the competition level obviously not as good as someone like Georgia and Alabama players, but um, yeah, still a really good kind of season. I've seen a lot of people mock him in the second round, and I just think with that athleticism, you could see him going on day two pretty comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. He's another kind of like popular guy that's risen up, hasn't he? I mean, just an absolute tattling machine. So, yeah, I'm disappointed, to be honest. I mean, on our list, we've got no one else, but I'm disappointed someone like um, Moomer has gone above Christian Harris, who I absolutely loved, but did, yeah. not, did, not, <laughs> did not have a good season at all in coverage. No, he didn't. He's a very physical linebacker, isn't he? He's going to absolutely smash people when he gets a chance to tackle them. But I think a lot of people are going to run away from him as well, unfortunately. But yeah, you never know. Alabama players can get overdrafted. So he might go a bit earlier than, than people think. Uh, next one then, corner. Derek Stingley Jr., very similar to Kayvon Thibodeau, was the number one at this position for a long, long time. But now Armad Source Gardner from Cincinnati has overtaken him. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on those two guys? Are they clear? One, two for you, or do you think McDuffie's up there and it's a three-player tier, or how do you kind of see that top of the, the cornerback class kind of forcing out? No, I do really like McDuffie, but what I'd say is if um, we spoke about this last week with a player, um, if Stingley had not played college football <laughs> after the 2019 season, mate, there ain't no contest it would be the first cornerback off the board. I think we said that about Pickens, I think. Yeah, yeah, George Pickens, that was it. Yeah, I just think that season that he had was absolutely phenomenal. So, that, the talent level that you have there does not go away. Do you know what I mean? So, it's he just wasn't as good this season. But LSU all around have not been the same since they won the national championship. So, I don't know, mate. He's, for me, I... I still like him as number one over um, Gardner. Yeah, he's very, very physical. Like I said, that freshman tape was amazing, but but last year not quite as good. Um, in terms of testing, both their testing was elite. Uh, in terms of Source Gardner, who's kind of number one on most people's list now, uh, he's never given up a touchdown in coverage in his college career, ever, which is pretty mad. Bear in mind, this year they went on a... The run they went on and played against the receivers they played against. Um, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? To never give up a touchdown in coverage. It is, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous. And he's seen he's a, he's a big guy compared with um, the other two, Stingley and McDuffie. He's quite a few inches taller. But yeah, I, I do um, really like Gardner. I think uh, it helped him at Cincinnati got all the way to the playoffs and it was kind of then he came into like the the view didn't he with not allowing a touchdown and then he still didn't in the playoffs so interesting wait till the Jets pick him up four and he gets torched by Josh Allen the first week of the NFL <laughs> I, season I do think he's going to go up four as well I actually I really... do I do mate I do think he's going to go up four yeah yeah same yeah, um, so yeah, that's Stingley, really productive in the first year, got a little bit less productive, but some of that probably not his fault. A lot of injuries for him as well, which kind of made the slide. Uh, Source Gardner just had an incredible season, rose up the boards, physical freak, six foot three. Um, but then Trent McDuffie, the third guy in this tier, uh, five foot 11, only 193 pounds, so a lot smaller, but his production on the field is very, very good. So I think he'll be a very good player as well out of Washington. Uh, I think all three of those would probably go either with the Eagles pick, the last one of them will go, or I think they'll all go before the Eagles. So what's that? 15. I think all three of those players go in the top 15, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you, and I would uh, narrow that down to kind of like a, a top 12-ish, to be honest with you, because I'm expecting one to go at uh, pick four. So I think that's going to really narrow that down then to like a top 12 for all three. I don't think the Eagles have got a chance. I mean, then you're going to tell me now if someone slipped to 15 and they had a choice between Devon Lloyd and maybe Trent McDuffie, that would make it very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would. Um, you got to go corner over bloody linebacker there. I'll be texting you. Yeah, you would. Even I'll be I texting you for, for the whole 15 minutes of that pick. I'll be texting you like, you cannot go linebacker. You can't go. Yeah. And then they'll probably put like a wide receiver and just prove us both wrong. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, next two corners then. Rank similarly on most boards I've seen. Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Kaya Elam out of Florida. 
Um, Booth is 21, Elam's 20, so going to turn 21 um, before the season, but still a very young prospect. Uh, they're very similar because they're both physical freaks. Um, I think Elam is a bit more of a polished player. Andrew Booth Jr. is a bit more raw, um, but they are just both absolute freaks. They can play outside corner. Uh, kind of where do you see both these players going on draft night? Are they both first round picks? And, and which one do you think maybe is going to have the, the better career potentially? I think they are both first round picks, but this is the position where we're talking about edge versus cornerback for being strongest on the side. For me, there is a clear like in the tier one and there is a drop yeah. to Booth and Elam. I, I really do. I don't know how much kind of reaching that you would do. I see these guys from like mid 20 to you know, kind of 30, 32 range. I do like Andrew Booth, but he he has given up quite a bit of production before. But like you said, he's such a raw athlete that you can kind of give up that for kind of maybe a year or two as, until he finds his feet in the NFL. But yeah, I think I would slightly favour him over Elam. Yeah, they're both good. And Elon was on track to be even better. But last season, like you said, he gave up a lot more production than the years before, which was a bit odd. And he gave up like seven penalties last year as well, which is quite a lot. Uh, they're all pass interference slash hold as well. So, um, yeah, I think they're similar. I think they all go again before pick 40. I think if the Jets didn't pick a corner there, they'd be picking them at 30, whatever they pick at. But I expect one of them at least to go in that 25 to 32 range. Um, I think Cincinnati could probably pick the other one with the last two picks of the round as well. I mean... That's the sort of area I see see one of them going. Um, next two players on this list are interesting as well because they are corner safety hybrids. Some people listening will be like, oh my God, he's not a corner. And some people say he is. Um, but there's been specific mocks where these players have both been drafted now that claim they are uh, they would play corner. Same as Lewis Seen as well, who we'll talk about a bit more on safety. But um, Jalen Petrie and Daxton Hill. Daxton Hill is another Michigan player. He is one of my favourite corners in the class. Um, Jaden Petrie is from Baylor. Uh, he's 23, 5 foot 11, 198. Very, very good in man coverage. But um, again, does play a lot of snaps at safety, but has also played corner. Daxon Hill is a physical freak. Um, he's played in the slot. He's played outside. He's played true safety. He's played box safety. So he's a bit more versatile. Uh, do you think either of these two have got a shot at first round, just with how flexible they can kind of be on defences now where everyone likes to move their players around a bit? Yeah, but it would be really... Late on, you would well, you you would presume it would be really late on. I do, I um, I love uh, Daxton Hill. Yeah, same. He's a draft crush of mine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love him. And I think if he drops out of the first, there's there's some great great talent to be had between thirty three and forty. And I honestly think there's going to be a lot of movement around just for a versatile secondary player like that i prefer him to petrie even though he seems to be a very very popular mock draft among fans that i see on twitter lots of people pick him more than i've seen daxton hill in the early second but i love daxton hill it sounds like the eagles should do a little trade back mate get a couple of picks in the 30 to 40 region you'll be able to get nicobe dean and daxton hill in that region and uh the Chiefs can then draft Jameson Williams. So we'll talk about off-air about that trade, see if we can make, <laughs> make, make, make it happen. Uh, next, let's move to safeties. And like I said, Lewis Seen is in this class, but has also played slot corner a little bit. Uh, first of all, Kyle Hamilton, clear number one safety of the class. Um, didn't have very good testing numbers. His 40 times a lot slower than what people think. He's actually played linebacker at times in dime looks, where he's played kind of safety linebacker hybrid. So he's a very, very kind of hard-hitting safety. Still good in coverage, though, for someone of his speed. Only 21, six foot four. A lot of people have had him going in the first six or seven picks. I think the 40 speed has kind of pushed people off now a little bit. And I see him going more in the 8 to 15 range. Um, but yeah, how high are you on Hamilton and where are you rank, I guess, on your kind of overall prospect list? Because a lot of people think he's a top five, six prospect if you take out the value of the position. If you take away, um, if you stopped all NFL coverage before the combine this year and any pro day, mate, he was going like top three in some. He's just a great football player. But obviously, like you said, his numbers have not tested well. If he falls to like kind of after pick 10, I will Eagles, be 
Eagles will be trading up for that safety. Hey, well, I wish we still had those three um, first-round picks the way I'm talking here. <laughs> <laughs> I never, ever thought that picking at 15, you would get a sniff of Kyle Hamilton, but there's some very strange decisions to be made by teams like Carolina and Atlanta in this yeah. draft that I think could uh, sway what happens further down the board, but... I love Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a great, great footballer. I think you just put him in your secondary and you give him his second contract when that rolls around in five years' time. I think he's going to be a really good footballer. Yeah, he's very good against run and pass, which is not common for uh, for a safety. Um, I've seen him mocked to Washington a lot as the floor, as far as he goes, and that makes perfect sense. A team that doesn't need a lot outside of quarterback, but you're not going to take a quarterback probably at eleven. You've got Carson Wentz, so I think you could get a player like him in your secondary that would make you a really, really good defense. So, yeah, be a very good, very good pick for whoever gets him. Uh, next, let's move on to the next Georgia player coming off the uh, the Georgia treadmill of uh, first round picks potentially. Uh, Lewis Seen testing numbers the opposite to Carl Hamilton. Uh, absolutely incredible. He's twenty two, six foot two, one nine nine. Not as good against the run as someone like Hamilton, um, but yeah, his kind of rise. He was a he didn't even start the end of the year before for Georgia's defense. Um, but yeah, absolutely incredible. Hell of a tackler, very good in coverage. Um, his testing numbers are actually better than what people think. He's one of the fastest ever in, in terms of some of his um, raw numbers for his size. He is a pure athlete who can play against the run and pass for safety. And I think he should be a first round pick. I'm not sure if we get there, but I'd be shocked if he gets past the top four. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, such a fast riser. Just does not miss tackles, which is exactly what you need of your kind of strong safety. But, yeah, I mean, you're talking the people like him and then Daxton Hill and Petrie that we're talking about, that I feel like um, they're going to all be bunched together. And you know where someone activates in a team, they pick one and then you think, shit, the rest of them are going to go now. So it's... I think one of them will go to the Chiefs as well, I think. Do you? Yeah, I'm pretty. If the Chiefs keep two first, which it seems like they will, um, or there's another rumor now that they want to trade up from 50 into the low 30s, I think one of them will go to a team like the Chiefs, and I think one of them could also go to a team like Cincinnati. To be honest, I think they're very good players, like you said, and the value's there, isn't it, because of all the offensive positions that are going to go before them. Yeah, it is. And what's going to happen is Detroit are going to pick some stupid quarterback at 32 and then oh Desmond Ritter that is the man let's go Desmond Ritter Dan Campbell <laughs> Desmond Ritter combo I'll be buying a uh, Muggs NFL t- t-shirt as soon as possible if that happens uh, next safety then out of Penn State uh, Jaquan Brisker he's a little bit older than the other guys um, I think he I think he played his first year a lot in the box and then in last year he was dropped into coverage a little bit more so uh, I think he's a very versatile player very very good again uh, in run defence um, and then last year his coverage grade had improved a lot um, again, especially against tight ends so I think Jaquan Brisker is probably slightly below these guys I know some people think he must sit here, see him as safety two in the class I, I, I see him more as safety three or four but I think he's easily a top 50 pick in the draft and um, I think he's a very good player and another one from he's played at a good level there at Penn State yeah, he seems like quite a safe pick, to be honest with you, in the in the top 50 picks. He has had pretty good production all throughout his career at Penn State. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd expect him to go kind of top 50-ish. Yeah. Um, and then the other two on our list, Nick Cross, Brian Cook, kind of more end of the second, third round picks. Uh, they have just risen up draft boards. They're both fifth round picks on average, according to um, Mock Draft Database. Uh, they are now averaging like pick 64 to pick 70. So they have shot up draft boards. Uh, Brian Cook was incredible for Cincinnati down the stretch in the box and in coverage. So I think that's something to be mentioned. But Nick Cross, he ran a 4-3-40 and he weighs 212 pounds. <laughs> that is crazy for me. I think Nick Cross will get really highly drafted, maybe overdrafted from production just because someone to go that fast weighing that much, I think NFL teams just going to be rubbing their hands together to try and think they, they're the ones that can turn him into a certain type of player. Absolutely, mate. He was a track star. I'm not quite sure um, what he was running at 212 pounds, but yeah, he's less than, younger than 21 as well. Yeah, 4-3-4-40, which is like quicker than 
Garrett Wilson, 188 pounds. <laughs> so he is quick, true athlete. And I think they get overdrafted a bit, which makes sense because in the third round pick, you you want to come up 20 picks to take someone who maybe should go at the end of the third and you pick him at the start of the third. If you really need a safety and you value those traits, I think it makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see which safety the Eagles and Chiefs do draft. They probably will both draft one. It'll probably no one we've spoken about, and it'll be a sixth round flyer that we need to research. But <laughs> we should say. No, I'll be absolutely furious. <laughs> yeah. But you'll have Devin Lloyd, and you'll have a random tight end or something at pick 80, <laughs> just to annoy you. Um, but yeah, that's our defensive prospects, kind of the top prospects, really, round one and two sort of caliber players. Uh, next episode, we're going to do our first mock. Um, will only be a first round mock. Uh, we'll flip a coin on the day and decide who does odds and evens, but um, should be exciting. Remember to go follow us at, at Go for Two Pod, two being the number two. Go follow Patrick at, at Mugs NFL. I know after the draft, mate, you get pretty busy, don't you, with people wanting all their draft prospects on certain stuff? I do indeed, and I'm going on holiday in the middle of May, so uh, <laughs> as many orders as possible is uh, always greatly appreciated. Is it normally just quarterbacks that, that take the main brunt of orders, or do you get the like? Famous edge rusher, famous receivers. Like, yeah, yeah, mate, I, 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 always, absolutely. I think out of the like the strong core of customers I've got, they, they never go for like the uh, obvious picks. Yeah, so we could see a Devon Lloyd order coming coming your way at some point. But anyone listening, if your team drafts Devon Lloyd, please uh, order from Patrick <laughs> just to annoy him when the Eagles don't take him. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, the mock draft and Drew weekend, guys. We will speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon, everyone. We'll